Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to Chumbacasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. WXME AM 780 Monticello Holton Presque Isle. that created us to be free for slaves what are you going to do to uh, protect my freedom today what am i going to do to protect your freedom today good morning aroostook county this is the aroostook watching radio show we're coming to you live on the constitutional radio network the conscience of maine on superstation wxme 780 a.m out of monticello and throughout the state on our microtransmitter network, we're on 88.1 in Westbrook, in the back bay of Portland, 90, 96.5 in Bangor and Brewer, 1700 AM in Lewiston, and around the world on the Internet, TalkShoe.com. You can get right into the chat and join the other folks that are in there. It's a neat place to be because you can not only listen, but you can interact with the other folks in the chat room. And you can share websites and conversations. There's always an interesting conversation going on in there. You go to TalkShoe, T-A-L-K-S-H-O-E, TalkShoe.com, and search for Roostook Watchmen, A-R-O-O-S-T-O-O-K, Watchmen, plural, and uh, takes you right to it. You can join the guests. And uh, right now, Gene, our friend James isn't in there yet, so we'll see who comes in. You're all welcome to uh, join in. It's a neat place to be. We're also live-streamed. On the regular internet thingamajigger, it's on streama.com, S-T-R-E-E-M-A, streama.com, W-B-C-Q, the planet. And you can find it right there. Okay, let's uh, see where we're going to go here. Oh, Zachariah. Where am I here? Zephaniah 3. 14, I think. 11. 7 I have 3, 11. In that day, you shall not be put to shame for all your deeds by which you have rebelled and transgressed against me. For then I will take away out of your midst those who exalt you in your majesty and pride, and you shall no more be haughty and carry yourselves arrogant. Hmm. Interesting. The Lord has taken away the judgments against you, for he has cast out your enemy. Even the Lord is in the midst of you. You shall not experience or fear evil anymore. Those are some interesting promises. The Lord your God is in the midst of you, a mighty one, a savior. He will rejoice over you with joy. He will rest in silent satisfaction and in his love, He will be silent and make no mention of past sins or even recall them. How nice. Okay. Where do we go from here? There's so much going on. The the world's hopping around us. Uh, Let's do some announcements, and then we'll jump into some interesting stuff that's uh, on a local and a national level. Hal Shirtliff. Will be in. I just had it. What did I? Where did I do with it? I was on it and it disappeared. Must be right over here. Nope, that's not it. Where'd it go? Huh. Well, I was just there. Must be right there. Nope, that's not it. That's not it. I must have bloom and lost it. What did I do with it? There it is. The Constitution is the solution. 
exposing the enemies of freedom and solutions. Hal Shirtliff will be in the main again on February 18th in St. Agat at my father's place. And throughout the state, he will be other places, uh, the county. He's going to be in Arista County February 18th, 6 o'clock, my father's place, St. Agat. Thursday, February 19th, 6 p.m., Rotary Club, Fort Kent. Friday, February 20th, the Horn Restaurant in Holton. Saturday, February the 21st, two presentations, one to the Arusta County Republican Committee. That should be interesting. And at noon, it will be open to the public at Caribou Inn Convention Center. There's no charge. Anything you can help to throw into the kitty would be appreciated. That uh, costs a lot for Hal to drive around the county as he lives in Massachusetts. But uh, Those are some of the things that are going on. Uh, and on the 17th, the uh, We the People of Maine will be presenting to the Maine Supreme Court, apparently. We'll see how that goes. Uh, we'll get into a little bit of that. That is on the 17th. Uh, the uh, oral arguments are supposed to be on the 17th on the governor's question of law from which we have for which we have submitted a brief uh, we'll get into that in a couple minutes uh, the next thing is the 26th of February um, we're not sure uh, whether we're going to be on the legislative council meeting or not there's something else going on on the 26th uh, we may elect not to do that. But anyway, that's what's going on there. Okay, let's see. Where are we? Um, notification from... I lost it. Where did it go? Uh, Maine Patriots. Where did I see that? Maine Patriots. There it is. Action needed. The constitutional carry is, again, before the uh, the Senate coming up. It's already been submitted. Uh, we knew this was happening. Uh, some good news. Eric Brakey has introduced constitutional carry again this year. Constitutional carry means if you can legally possess a gun for self-defense, then you can carry it without having to first beg for government permission. It was recently signed into law in Alaska, Arizona, Wyoming, and Vermont. As you may recall, the bill was introduced in Maine last year, and Almost passed. We're going to get it through this year one way or the other. Unfortunately, one of your one of your rhinos killed it. Senator Amy Bulk, Republican. Right. Senator Bulk was the deciding vote against constitutional carry in the House, where she served in the 126th legislature, where the bill narrowly failed by a vote of 74 to 73. Evidently, some in the main legislature think your Second Amendment rights are less valid than those of your neighbors in Vermont. Senator Brakey has reintroduced this bill. This year, it's LR-280. LR-280. Remember that, folks. While the assault on your right to keep and bear arms moving forward in Washington, passing this legislation is important, more important than ever. Uh, this is what it would do. It would remove the prohibition on concealing a dangerous weapon. I hate the way that's written. How about just firearm? A dangerous weapon. Let's see. Removing the prohibition on concealing a dangerous weapon. That's your pickup truck in your garage. No? That's ridiculous. So that law-abiding citizens of Maine may carry their firearm, that's better, concealed for whatever reason, without having to first obtain government permission. Remove the prohibition on having a loaded pistol or revolver in a motor vehicle and leave Maine's concealed carry permit system intact for those who choose, big word, operative word, choose to get the optional permit for reciprocity reasons or other reasons. Uh, working in politics, not a day goes by that I don't see some politician assaulting the freedoms of hardworking Americans. Well, we'll we'll see what they do. Uh, we need to certainly need to be in support of this. It is LR 280. Uh, without your help, 
constitutional carry will be at the mercy of the anti-gunners who would love nothing more than to destroy this bill. Insiders have warned that the radical left-wing lawmakers and even some Republicans do not want to see any pro-gun bills passed this year. It's up to us, folks. Get involved. As a main, as a uh, uh, resident, resident. I don't want to be a resident. As a patriot, your lawmakers need to hear from you. Here's what you can do: call your state rep at 207-287-1400 and your senator at 287-1540. If you need to know who your representative is, there's an interesting place to do it. You can find out right at um, Maine.gov is a way to look up your representatives, senators, and representatives. That's uh, easy to do. I'm not going to bother trying to give that whole string of stuff over the uh, radio. Just uh, go to Maine.gov and you'll find a way there to look for it. You can also go to MainePatriots.ning.com and you can find good information there. So. Support it. We know that there are numerous people supporting it. I sent an email to young Dustin White to see what his uh, position is on that currently. I don't know if he's co-sponsored that or not. I'll see if I get a response. Um, Peter Edgecombe and Dustin White would be uh, representatives for us in the northern part of the county, and uh, you can figure out who it is from there. But as usual, if it's going to be, it's going to have to be up to you and me. So get involved, make some phone calls, or may the chains of slavery rest lightly on your shoulders. Okay, what's the other one? Um, blah, 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 blah. Anyway, that's the one that's the most important one right now. We are waiting for our friend Rick Long to tell us what the status is of the Agenda 21 bill, the one to stop the incursion of the UN into Maine. Uh, the rest of the country, you guys are on your own. We're going to block this thing in Maine. We're going to kill this sucker dead once and for all. The big, see, that we, they're arguing the merits of, and we're going to do this because this is how it ties in, Millinocket. Town leaders have drafted a letter to Maine's congressional delegation detailing conditions they would require in order to support a Northwoods National Park in a move that could jumpstart negotiations with park proponents. The council would back a proposed park and recreation area if it were no larger than 150,000 acres. Really? 150,000 acres set aside for a park in northern Maine. That's just the beginning. They want all of northern Maine to be a park. Um, it must include an access road to Millinocket. Residents get free admission passes, and if the region's federal air quality standards remain unchanged, according to the three-page letter, blah, blah, blah. What the heck's that? Okay. Counselors want to clearly state that their requirements for enabling legislation should a national park be slated for consideration, Daigle wrote in the draft, which was released on Friday. Really? Did you, did you hear how they said, said that? Counselors want to clearly state their requirements for enabling legislation should a national park be slated for consideration. The independent Senator Angus King sought the list when he met with town officials last fall. The park's creation begins with Maine's delegation, including a bill to Congress authorizing one. The delegates have said they need to see strong local support for their proposal before it will happen. Mm. We keep fighting this thing. If we would stop fighting this issue and simply destroy, obliterate, wipe out Agenda 21 in Maine, this wouldn't come up. We've got to get it straight. We've got to get working on this. 
Uh, right now, there's a poll. This is at uh, Bangor Daily, Bolshevik Daily Novosti, or Pravda on the Penobscot. And you will find this at uh, Millinocket Leaders Outline Conditions. If you search for that, you'll find it. And there's a poll question. Uh, currently, there have been 511 votes in the poll. 399, 339, which is 66%, have voted no for the park. Works for me. Thank you, folks. Glad you went in there and did that. You can get in there and push the no button. Uh, I've tried it two or three times, and I can only vote once, so maybe it's actually a usable, functional poll. Uh, the Penobscot Indian Nation Medway and patent leaders plus Katahdin region businesses and many environmental groups have supported this thing or a study examining its feasibility. They see the proposal as a catalyst to preserve the woods and revitalize the Katahdin region economy devastated by paper industry losses. So if they kill the paper industry, we will turn over our natural resources to a park. <clears throat> da -da 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 -da. Wait a minute. King told the New York Times he had he was opposed and skeptical, but listening. There was spokesman representative Bruce Parlequin said Friday he understands the importance of outdoor traditions and appreciating national parks and opposes national parks and opposes proposals that could limit the access to hunting, fishing, snowmobiling, and have an impact on main jobs. Well, that's interesting. It appears as though Bruce is against the park initiative. Uh, St. Clair has said that the park initiative is gaining ground. Several opponents, including Collins, have complicated this low-key work addressing their concerns. Hmm. Several opponents, including Senator Susan Collins. I'll be darned. Well, thank you, Susan. Amazing. Daigle's letter stipulates that areas around the park should remain open to timber harvesting. Millinocket officials would want the recreation area connected to Millinocket's multi-use trails north of town, and present park land agreements and easements must remain intact. Millinocket's access road would run west along Route 157. Well, I'm against it. I'm against it. If it's such a great idea... If it's such a great idea, and this is what we said when Quimby was trying to do the park thing with Baxter, if it's such a great idea, make it a for-profit park. You own it, turn it into a income-producing thing. Pay, pay the, if you're so concerned with the folks and the economy in Maine, pay them a living wage to do something really productive. Well instead of trying to figure out how to turn it over to the government. Just turn it over to the government, because the government can do better than we can. Really? That's the problem, folks. Okay, next. Let me get rid of that one less thing in front of me. Uh, we already reported on this. We're going to do a little quick follow-up on it. Uh, CEO Gallup, Gallup Poll CEO, Jim Clifton told CNBC he might suddenly disappear for telling the truth about the Obama unemployment rate. Uh, he understands that these clowns play for serious. Years of unending news stories on U.S. government programs of surveillance, rendition, and torture have apparently chilled the speech of even top business executives in the United States. Yesterday, Jim Clifton, this was not yesterday, this was the... Eighth, so two days ago. Actually, it was three days ago, I think. The chairman and CEO of Gallup, an iconic U.S. company dating back to 1935, told CNBC that he was worried he might suddenly disappear and not make it home that evening if he disputed the accuracy of what the U.S. government is reporting as unemployed Americans. The CNBC interview came one day after Clifton had penned a gutsy opinion piece on Gallup's website defiantly calling the government's 5.6 unemployment figure the big lie. In the article headline, his appearance on CNBC was apparently to 
walk back the lie part of the title and reframe the jobs data as just hopelessly deceptive. Clifton stated the following on CNBC, I think that the number that comes out of the Bureau of Labor Statistics and the Department of Labor is very, very accurate. I need to make that very clear so they don't suddenly disappear. I need to make it home tonight. Oh, so he recanted some of what he said. After getting that out of the way, Clifton went on to eviscerate the legitimacy of the cheerful spin given to the unemployment data, telling CNBC viewers that the percent of full-time jobs in this country as a percent of adult population is the worst it's been in 30 years. Hmm. So was he just making headlines, or does he believe that? Hmm. Well, I guess we'll see, won't we? Don't know. But there's a very prominent figure that implies that he fears his government. Let's see. How, what, what's that the definition of? Anybody? What's the definition of when the people fear the government? I think that's called tyranny. When the people fear the government, it's tyranny. When the government fears the people... It's liberty. And I don't know why, but my dumb... There it is. Wouldn't come up. There it is. Good morning. Welcome to TalkShoe, everybody. Nice to have you all in there. Okay. Just wanted to make sure that was still working in there. So, we have tyranny. By the most basic definition, when you have the people, someone in a prominent position here, saying that he might not make it home tonight for telling the truth. If that doesn't tell you that we live in a state of tyranny, then uh, you're not paying attention. You're just not paying attention. Okay, um, we spoke earlier of the idea. Oh, wait a minute. Uh, I was going to do this first. You know, all these crazy sayings and stuff. You know, obviously, I have more money. I still have more checks, right? Well, obviously, um, obviously, winter's over. The wood pile's empty. Uh, Dick Cheney says, uh, over the past few days, an internet meme has developed comparing Brian Williams lying about Iraq to my own, Dick Cheney. I want to make it very clear that these comparisons are very hurtful. Brian Williams' lies were amateurish at best and do not deserve to be discussed in the same breath as mine. While I believe that Mr. Williams shows promise as a liar, he has not put in the decades of hard work at it that some of us have and therefore does not deserve to be part of this conversation. Tongue-in-cheek from Dick Cheney. <clears throat> Interesting. Interesting. Okay, here's a mouthful for you. No society ever thrived because it had a large and growing class of parasites living off those who produce. That's one of those euphemisms from Thomas Sewell at FreedomWorks. No society ever thrived because it had a large and growing class of parasites living off of those who produce. Mm, We're in trouble. Um, we will we will touch on the uh, the measles outbreak vaccine pro con whatever and we will have a short clip uh, on herd immunity from our friend uh, Dr. Susan Humphreys in a bit. Okay, where is the oh where is our brief brief hello brief there we go. That's not it. Brief. There it is. This is the brief filed by, and we're waiting for, I know there's been a, a reply to the briefs. Um, don't know where it is. Uh, I told was told that we were in receipt of two more briefs from the Attorney General, but uh, I guess we'll have to wait and see where that, that thing is. Um, the brief that was filed. I'm going to go down this so that you all can get some idea of what's going on. Now comes Phil Lease, 
Dottie and Crazy Jack. The people, as mentioned in Article 1, Section 2 of the Constitution of Maine. We the people. That's us. That's all of you. We the people. We the people. Uh, on January 23rd, Governor Paul LePage submitted a request for an opinion of the justices of the Supreme Court pertaining to the Attorney General and the Attorney General Office. He stated in part, please accept my request for an opinion of the justices. I seek your advice upon important questions of law regarding the proper constitutional responsibility and relationship, relationship is important, between the Chief Executive and the Attorney General pursuant to Article 5, Part 1, Section 1, Article 5, Part 1, Section 12, and Article 9, Section 11 of the Maine Constitution. Okay, that's what the page administration asked of the Maine Supreme Judicial Court. Our, our brief filed with the Maine Supreme Judicial Court states, Governor Paul LePage did not mention the 1855 Amendment, Exhibit 1, which is attached and incorporated, which removed the ability of the governor to nominate and appoint the Attorney General with the advice and consent of the Council pursuant to Article 5, Section 8, as stated in the Constitution, circa 1855. In the Acts and Resolves passed by the 34th Legislature of the State of Maine, 1855, Resolves of the State of Maine, Resolves providing for an amendment of the Constitution relating to the elective franchise. Section 10, the land agent and the Attorney General shall be chosen annually by joint ballot of the Senators and Representatives in convention. Vacancies in said office occurring during the legislature is when not in session, may be filled by appointment of the governor with the advice and consent of the council. Ah, these are the facts as a matter of constitutional law. This is the important part here, folks. We won't get into all the minutiae. I'm just going to go through this, and um, you do with it what you will. But this is what has been submitted to the main Supreme Judicial Court. Get up here. Uh, the 1865, 1855 legislature did not possess a constitutional delegation of authority to remove the office of attorney general from the executive department to the legislative department. Pursuant to the Constitution of the State of Maine, in violation of Article 3, Section 1, Article 5, Section 8, based upon the original intent of the 1820 Constitution, the 1855 legislature did not possess constitutional delegation of authority to have the attorney general under its control by electing the attorney general. The 1975 legislature did not possess a constitutional delegation of authority to abolish the executive council pursuant to Article 5, Section 8, and Article 5, Part 2nd in the said constitution. 1975 amendment, the legislature did not possess a constitutional delegation of authority to gain powers and create an imbalance between the said three departments' distribution of powers. The powers of this government shall be divided into three distinct departments, legislative, executive, and judicial. That's the separation of powers doctrine. And so this is what we've uh, submitted. We'll see what it looks like. Due to the unlawful transfer of power, this begs the following question. Under what Department of Government does the Attorney General operate from and under whose authority? Hmm. If the Attorney General is no longer under the Executive Department, but is not actually transferred into the Legislative Department, but is elected by and beholden for the uh, authority from the Legislature, this appears to be, the situation appears to be that the Attorney General may be a completely new department that has been unconstitutionally created. And here's the problem. This is, the, look, get it into, into Jack terms. You have 100% of the power, 100% of the authority, 100% of the jurisdiction of this government, whether it's a corporation or not, whether it's constitutional or not, has been messed with, as we know. So it's all been messed with. 
So if you have 100% of the power and you have it divided into thirds, that's, that's the separation of powers. That's the balance of power. When by some clandestine means, one party manages to get some of the power of the other department under its department, it didn't just increase its own power, it reduced the authority of the other department. Okay, there's only so much authority available. Understand, 100% is 100%, that's it. If you're talking about jelly beans, you know, 33 and a third jelly beans belong to each department. It's not just a case of growing more jelly beans in the legislative department. In order for the legislature to have more jelly beans, it has to take them from one of the other branches. And so in getting rid of the governor's council and putting the attorney general in some other uh, unknown department, it took, it took some of the administration, the executive department's jelly beans, and put it in their own jelly bean pile. Okay? So that's Jack's jelly bean pile. So we'll see where this goes. Um, I'm not sure that they really want this information to be entered into the public record. They don't want this on record. Uh, so mm, I guess we'll have to see what happens. Maybe they'll, uh, maybe they just won't hear the governor's question, which would be an interesting turn of events for the uh, judicial main Supreme Judicial Court to deny the conversation with the governor might cause a few other wrinkles to happen. So if anyone wants this, I will send it out. It is a courts.main.gov brief. Uh, you can find it right online. You don't have to get it from us. It's not something that uh, is secret. It's in the public domain right on the main.gov website. So it's courts.main.gov forward slash main underscore courts, and you can find it right in there. It's, it's hiding in plain sight somewhere. Okay, next... Oh, let's see. Uh, This is an interesting article on the, well, let's see. I don't think we're going to go there yet. Let's go over here. That's the statement of the case. And George Soros, uh, one of the reasons why um, Hal Shirtliff is going to be up here is Maine is putting... Maine has some folks that are requesting the Convention of States, a constitutional convention, an Article 5 convention, whatever you want to call it. And we need to fight this thing. It is a nightmare. Here we have the unconstitutional trying to force the unconstitutional into a constitutional stance. Does that make any sense at all to anybody? No, nope, it doesn't. Uh, in his new book, Mark Levin argues that such a convention, this constitutional convention, is the last hope to reform the federal government from its degenerate, bloated imperial structure back to its smaller Republican roots. Well, that makes sense. Unfortunately, Many otherwise well-educated, well-meaning conservatives have succumbed to Levin's siren song, and they have gone so far as to deny the constitutionality of nullification and to insist that an Article V convention is the only way to restore the balance of federalism in our republic. I'm telling you, folks, this is Pandora's box. Absolutely Pandora's box. Fighting for the Constitution as given to us by our founders is a noble goal, and the anxiety of the conservative con-con collaborators understandable. We at the New American and the John Birch Society welcome the help of those courageous enough to enlist in the battle to defeat the forces of federal absolution. Absolutism. That's not absolution. We part company with those pushing for an Article 5 convention, however, 
and we believe that a constitutional convention is not the right way to stop the federal assault on our Constitution and the freedom it protects. The New American, many other liberty-minded organizations, promote nullification as the rightful remedy for curing the federal overreach. We believe that as the agent of the states, the federal government has exceeded its contractual authority and the states as principals have the right to refuse to ratify any such usurpation. The problem here is that we have gone so far down this contractual road and we have given the federal government, the states, the states acting unconstitutionally against their own best interest have given the federal government way too much power. You've got to understand, remember, that the federal government only gets its power from the states. The state government gets its power from the people. And if the people aren't paying attention to the power that they delegate to the states, the state gets completely out of control. So how can, how can an unconstitutional state, we can show you, I can show you, anybody with half a brain can show you a dozen ways that the state has operated unconstitutionally. So how can a state be hypocritical and try to force constitutional compliance on an out-of-control federal government? It ain't going to happen. It's not possible. Unconstitutionality cannot force constitutionality in an unconstitutional government. It's just not going to happen. But they've got some, uh, there's lots of big names in order in this. Wolfpack is one of the groups that's, that this reporter suspects many Levin listeners would be surprised to know is their compatriot in a call for a constitutional convention. Wolfpack, you know who Wolfpack is? On its website, Wolfpack pushes for an Article 5 convention of states as the best way to accomplish its ultimate goal. Wolfpack is George Soros, folks. Guess what? Guess what? George Soros, the financier of global fascism, is pumping millions of dollars into the same Article 5 campaign that's being promoted by Mark Levin, Limbaugh, Hannity, Beck, and a whole bunch of other popular conservative conservative spokesmen. I'll speak for me. What will those in Wolfpack do if they're able to get their amendment proposed and accepted by an Article 5 convention? Hmm. It will celebrate the fact that we had the courage and persistence to accomplish something truly amazing and historic together. Anything a group with with this anti-constitutional agenda would do to our Constitution would certainly be historic in the worst possible way. This should be enough to convince all true conservative, constitutionalist, liberty-minded folks to run away from the Article 5 con-con regardless of how popular and pervasive the generals may be. Think about it, folks. It will likely surprise these devoted but deluded Article 5 advocates that Wolfpack is just the tip of the iceberg. These good people would be wise to take a look at this heavily abbreviated roster of their radical fellow travelers in the Article 5 Constitution of States movement each of which is a registered founding member of the Move to Amend Coalition. These are some of the folks that you're uh, in bed with here, folks. If you're, don't, if you're pushing a convention of states, Alliance for Democracy, Center for Media and Democracy, Code Pink, Independent Progressive Politics Network, Progressive Democrats of America, Sierra Club, Vermont for Single Payer. These are the folks that are helping push, fund this convention of states. Better wake up. Don't let this get out of control. It could really quickly. It is absolutely Pandora's box. Don't be deceived. Okay. Um, let's do this one. This is disturbing in the nth degree. 
Here's why the government... Where is it? Here it is. How many of you remember Ken Hovind? We've had his son on numerous times giving updates. I have to be honest with you, I think about it often. Not a night goes by, not think about it as I crawl into my warm bed. Will this be the night that black limos, limos pull in my driveway? Is this the night that the SWAT team goons bust down my door and haul me off to the slammer? I'm dead serious. I think about it every night because that's what they did to Dr. Ken Hovind. Uh, this story is written by... Oh, this is a Dave Dobbenmeyer story. And uh, you got to know, Dave, Dave puts it right out there. He doesn't pull any punches. And maybe he will be the next one taken away. Or maybe to say right up front that I have no intention of committing suicide. This is Dave Dobbenmeyer speaking. I'm madly in love with my wife. Enjoy the time I spend with my family and friends. Look forward to watching my grandchildren grow up around my feet. To the best of my ability, I obey the laws of the nation, no matter how tyrannical I believe some of them to be, while I do my best to speak the truth in such a way as my Savior would be honored by my life. But my outspoken style rubs many the wrong way, especially those who hold positions in the government. Every time I type a word on the keyboard, I wonder just who is going to be offended by what I say and what crosses my desk. George Washington said, government is not reason nor eloquence, it is force, and like fire, it is a dangerous servant and a fearsome master. The IRS has ruined Dr. Ken Hovind's life. It's a sad time in America when we are in fear of our government. That's the definition of tyranny again. This is the theme. You need look no further than what Lois Lerner did with the hammer of the IRS. We are just one audit away from destruction. Does anyone really understand a tax code? Do you ever think twice when filing your tax returns as to whether or not your deductions and write-offs are in full compliance with IRS codes? How do you defend yourself from such a maze of tax on an army of government bureaucrats? Prison, once the government finds that they can increase their largesse by fining citizens for code violations, we can expect more code violations. Hey, makes sense, right? Prison is a place for violent, hardened prison criminals. It's not a place for people who simply violate codes, statutes, and ordinances. Sentencing to a prison, sentencing to prison a nonviolent individual simply for breaking a law is inhumane. It is, in fact, a life sentence in that it destroys the perpetrator of the family and the financial future of the family. The punishment does not fit the crime. Uh, Paying back the victim plus damage is the solution spelled out scripturally. Ken Hovind is a perfect example of the tyranny of the legal system. Known lovingly as Dr. Dino because of his affinity for dinosaurs, he's one of the nation's foremost apologists for creation scientists. Creation science. The Internet is full of free videos. Watch them. You would enjoy them immensely. Uh, this week, Dr. Dino just completed his 99-month in federal prison for what the government claims was a violation of the IRS tax code. Until the feds burst into his house in the middle of the night back in 2004, Dr. Dino traveled the country defending biblical creation. Along the way, he began to warn churches of going into partnership with the government in the form of a 501c3 corporation. Maybe we need to... Um, Maybe we need to revisit all of this. Uh, this is what uh, this is what the um, article was that I was reading from uh, Chuck Baldwin earlier in the week. Anyway, this is a this is a good article. You need to pay attention to that. Uh, you can find uh, Dave Dobbenmeyer. He's got his own website. Uh, what is it? Uh, Past Assault. Past Assault Ministries. Great. Great site. Okay, let's see. We need to touch on the uh, Common Core. It's it's constantly in our in the conversation. We have to pay attention to this. But again, this is one of the symptoms. This is how. Uh, this is this is because we weren't paying attention. And so, messing with the issues 
is why they have us kind of snowed. We have to get back to the most basic stuff, and if we did, most of these issues would go away. See, the the, the whole thought process on the Constitutional Convention, the Article 5 Convention, doesn't address, it walks away from the principle of nullification. Nullification is the bigger umbrella that would take care of common core if we would use it correctly. The Nazi nuts and bolts of common core rule. Compare the older Nazi model with the goals of common core. The two sets of transformational mind-changing goals point out some very concerning similarities. This is an article by who else but our friend Charlotte Eisenberg. Uh, see the following article, The Nazi Model for Outcome-Based Education by Barrett Coase, a well-known author, speaker, and longtime researcher on education reforms issues. Barrett authored the book Brave New Schools back in the 90s, and her website is crossroad.to, which contains a lot of important articles detailing the nuts and bolts of educational reform. The, the title of one of her major ones is The Nazi Model for Outcome-Based Education. You can find that at crossroad.to. This article is a must-read. In one of the paragraphs introducing the article, it says, The propaganda and indoctrination were two of the cornerstones of Nazi education is no secret. Hitler's goal was national socialism a fascist state that would subdue the world. Learning his lesson from Soviet revolutionaries, he knew that only cloaked promises and misleading visions could win the support of the unsuspecting masses and build a compliant army of young radicals. That America's education and political leaders would stoop to the same low standards had remained hidden from the general public. That their aim is global socialism with cradle-to-grave surveillance is angrily denied by the trained and trusted guardians of our children's minds. Hmm. Common Core in America is no different than what the Nazis used to change and indoctrinate their youth and destroy their country. In the reauthorization of the ESA, if the reauthorization of the ESA is passed by the House and Senate, uh, Title I monies will no doubt flood private Christian schools, and these schools will become government schools. Education will also be nationalized. See? It's the money. Follow the money. They're buying the influence. Once you take the money, whether you're a Christian school or a homeschool group, you take the federal money, you, in essence, become a government school. Because there will be strings. They will be tell you exactly what you have to do. Of course, it will not start out that way. It won't start out draconian. It will start out nicey-nicey, and you can do whatever you want. You know, like if you, if you like your doctor, you can keep your doctor. It will start out icy-nicy, remember? Like, well, we're going to put seatbelts in cars and we're going to make it a law that you have to wear them, um, but you'll, you'll, you'll never get a ticket for it, but we sort of kind of maybe, but now we can stop you and give you a ticket just because we don't think you're wearing a seatbelt. Same idea. If you believe, if you, if you fail to see the progressive nature of tyranny, you're not awake. If your student is not in line with cookie-cutter common core attitudes, they will be required to be remediated by mental health experts who will change your students' minds. Really? That's what Title I money affords and mandates. Title I money follows the student right into the private Christian school with all the accompanying government mandates, assessments, and data collecting. If a student somehow escapes the mind control, how will they fit into a workaday world with an 
amoral, mind-controlled, group-controlled workforce. In the meantime, most private Christian schools have already allowed Common Core in their schools. Hello. Even if they have rejected the term Common Core, Governor, system with all the Common Core bells and whistles is still present. The reauthorization of the ESEA Act will make Christian education far more grave. Uh, for the sake of your children and grandchildren, our country, call your congressmen and senators and tell them no way on ESEA. ESEA, this is, these bills will be on the floor for vote most likely in the very near future. Uh, note, uh, Catholics plead with your bishop to remove Common Core from their schools. Government money destroys Catholic education. Better pay attention, folks. Better pay attention. Here's what's going on. Where did it, here it is right here. Monday, February 9th, data tracking your children. This is happening in your state. This is happening in Maine. This is what's going on. Um, Mr. Dunlap, this is why we don't want all the information on the unlawful driver license. It's a data collection device, remember? You get this. Why don't we do something about it? Collection of personal identifiable information on infants, children, families, and teachers identified with a national unique ID contract with the National Center of Education Statistics. Really, hello, Pennsylvania is breaking the law. Data trafficking. Redisposing of personal identification information moved workforce to third-party contractors through written agreements contracted by the Pennsylvania Department of Education. Hmm. Psychological treatment mandated to change personalities, attitudes, values, beliefs, and dispositions through the use of IDEA. Uh, cute, cute little acronym. IDEA, IDEA except that here it stands for Individuals with Disabilities Education Act. That's special education funds birthed through college-age students monitored by, the, monitored by the National Unique ID. But it won't be tied to your driver's license, and it certainly won't be tied to your Social Security number, and it certainly won't be tied... Come on, folks. Uh, let's see. Anybody want to... Anybody want to spend a little money on a on some shares in the bridge between San Francisco and Hawaii? Really? Uh, the privacy violations, exchange and redisclosure of personal identifiable information, including attitudes, values, beliefs, and dispositions without the knowledge or consent of parents. It's going on. Violation of the Protection of Pupil Rights Amendment. This is what's going on. Pennsylvania is already doing it. Isn't it amazing? Isn't it absolutely? To me, it's just amazing. You look at the places where our, our confederation really started. You look at the places that were so uh, biblically oriented. Pennsylvania, William Penn, Connecticut. Massachusetts, the Mayflower, you know, the whole thing. And they have become the target. The Maine and Massachusetts are targeted all the time by the progressives if they can destroy the fundamental concepts of freedom and liberty based on our Judeo-Christian principles. They can take over any aspect of the country, their lives, the way things are run, and it's always that the, the, the original bastions of, of truth and honesty and, and freedom are the places that are attacked the most. Unbelievable. Oh, let's see. Uh, one more item, and then we're out of here for the day. This is the height of arrogance. This is absolutely, 
I, I had to check this because I really didn't think it was true. I thought it was something that that was, you know, the onion or whatever. Yeah. Lawmakers are trying to pass a bill exempting politicians from arrest and prosecution. Really? Let's pass a law that we can break the law without being arrested. This is Oklahoma City. Taking payoffs, breaking the law, and pushing through unconstitutional legislation as special favors to corporate interest has long been par for the course in politics. But now Representative Kevin Calvi, Republican, Oklahoma City, wants to make it official and make it illegal to arrest any state officials accused of public offense. You can't make this stuff up. The bill proposes the following. The jurisdiction of a prosecution against a principal in the commission of a public offense when such principal is a state elected official, state legislator, district court judicial officer, appellate judicial officer, or an appointee of a state board or state commission at the time of the commission of the offense is within the sole and exclusive prosecutorial authority of the Attorney General of Oklahoma. Such an action must be filed in the county of residence of the state officer. It's a big deal, Oklahoma District Attorney David Pratter explained. This bill creates a different class of citizen that would be protected from the normal prosecution process. I'm suspicious that is what this is really about. Representative Calvi said that the that he filed the bill because there is malicious prosecution of politicians. <laughs> he cited the prosecution in Texas of former Governor Rick Perry, but Calvi is in Oklahoma and Perry is no longer in office, though he is fighting an abusive power indictment that he says is politically motivated. While Calvi says he doesn't think anything so outrageous would happen in Oklahoma, he, all, he adds, who knows who will get elected to those offices in the future. I do think it's just better to prevent that kind of thing from ever arising. The point is to not allow a locally elected official to electively, effectively have undue influence over state policy. Wow. This is crazy stuff. Just crazy stuff. Different class of citizen. We'll, we'll treat your... If you're elected to one of these offices, we'll treat your abuse of power differently. This is basically what it's been. Wow. You can't make it up. You just can't make it up. Anyway, stay tuned for news, folks. We'll see what happens in the next few days. We're uh, waiting for some uh, more feedback from the uh, governor's office and the uh, main judicial Supreme Court on the briefs that were filed. We'll let you know, hopefully, tomorrow what's going on there. Don't forget, we are listener-supported. We ask you to support the folks that do support us. Uh, by the way, if, you're, uh, if you've got one of those uh, Sears appliances, vacuum cleaners, guess what? Sears in Presque Isle is closed and gone, and you can still get all that stuff, countywide vacuum. Kenmore bags and filters. For vacuum cleaners, parts, and supplies come from Countywide Vacuum, John Cave and Countywide Vacuum, 492-1492. For all those vacuum cleaner supplies, parts, vacuum cleaner bags, all that stuff, he will mail them any place in the country, 492-1492, John Cave and Countywide Vacuum. And believe me, folks, the trails are absolutely beautiful in Aroostook County. Stop in, say hello, uh, hit the trails. Get uh, any time, day or night, 24-7, 365. You can get gas, food, all kinds of supplies at Willette's Variety in Caribou on Sweden Street, across from the Caribou Performing Arts Center. And at Natural Living Center, you can get your granola, beans, supplements, the whole works right there. Great big health food store, Natural Living Center, Longview Drive in Bangor. Have a great day, folks. We will see you on the radio. WXME AM 780, Monticello, Holton, Presque Isle.
With Lucky Landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.